0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Voluntold. My name is and I've got my right-hand man next to me. Taylor's here.
1: Hey, how's it going, everybody?
0: I know. Times are crazy. We don't know what's happening. It's either the zombie apocalypse or the end of times. I don't know. But um, there's a lot going on. And first of all, we just wanted to thank every single person out there who's working their butts off. Everyone in the healthcare, no- doctors, nurses, healthcare workers... Um, everyone who's a first responder, all of the people who service our areas, UPS, post office, trash, uh, truck drivers, all that stuff. We just thank you guys. First and foremost, you guys are rock stars and we would not be able to do the things that we're doing. Everyone at the grocery stores too. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Thank you. Um, we wanted to start this time off by saying, You guys are strong. You are stronger than you think you are. You are so capable and so able and you are so resilient and you will get through this. And you will thrive after this is all said and done, but you can also thrive during this time. You might not be able to control all the chaos that's happening everywhere else, and we don't know what the future holds, but you can control what's happening in your own home, in your family, in your kingdom, and with you internally and externally. So try to stay as positive as possible. We've been doing that. We've been kind of sitting down with our kids and having little moments of... Um, Gratitude, basically, like what we talked about last uh, episode, and just having that reflection time because that really does help keep your brain waves on the right path of positivity just by allowing yourself to be um, focusing on the positive things, the things that you're grateful for, the things that you have still in your life, and not focusing on all the things you don't have in your life, everything that just got lost. So, I was actually reading, uh, or I'm in the middle of reading a Brené Brown book, and she was talking about the emotion of joy, and she was saying that it is one of, if not the most vulnerable emotion, simply because most people, as soon as they want to celebrate something good, five seconds later they're preparing for something bad or bad news to occur. In other words, they're waiting for the shoe to drop, Um, and so she says it's the hardest thing for us to allow ourselves to experience true joy uh, because we are just we're scared of what's around the corner and I think that so accurately describes our time right now and so my little piece of advice from her words would be just celebrate the little things. I mean you guys are, are work you guys are working your butts off at home. You know, you're homeschooling your kids. You didn't sign up for that, but it's happening. And if your kids are, you know, getting their work done and they're still alive at the end of the night, like that's a win. <laughs> Celebrate that. And, you know, you have food in your bellies and you're going to bed satisfied. It might have been some burnt food or it may have just been boxed mac and cheese. That's okay. It's something to be happy about. It's something to celebrate. So allow yourselves just to celebrate all the wins that you have in your life. I know it's crazy, but it really does help all of us to keep our mindsets in the right order. So Taylor and I thought... What better time than now to kind of share with you guys our story of financial freedom? The economy is kind of on a balancing beam. We don't know what the future holds, whether it's going to be another big recession, whether we're trying, we might be walking into or trying to avoid another Great Depression. We don't know. But um, a lot of things are in the balance and um, a lot of you have been affected And if this situation with uh, COVID-19 hasn't affected you or never does affect you physically, it probably has already affected you financially. And so um, Taylor and I figured, why not share our financial freedom story of how we were able to kind of be wise about our finances and get ourselves out of some debt that we had accrued throughout our years long time ago. Um, and then we kind of made a list for you guys, a quick list of 10 things of ways to save. Our story is that we we got married young. We, super young. <laughs> yeah, super young, <laughs> 19. <laughs> um, we had a kid super young. And um, at a very, you know, at the young age of 20, we were married. He was deployed. I think that was the... There were a couple of deployments during that time, but um, that was like a big nine month deployment during that time. So I'm raising our daughter, who's a baby, um, with some friends. Actually, I'm very grateful for that. Um, but we're basing it off of his. Oh, what is that rank?
1: Oh, so I was a corporal during that time, so that oh, pay during that corporal. time. corporal. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, okay. no. I was a corporal. Okay. Uh, when I took off, <laughs> no, when I left. So oh, okay, okay. That part was what know, is that an E? E four. Okay. So,
0: I mean, you guys know that's you're not you're not getting much of anything. And we weren't living on base at that time. We were trying to save even like any extra pennies we could by um, getting an apartment and, you know, helping with the BAH to try to cover extra bills, basically. So um, but within a couple of years in our marriage, uh, we kind of accrued some debt on a credit card. First of all, Taylor got approved for a a credit card, (laughs) which.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And that's the scary part.
0: <laughs> that's something like you celebrate that moment. Like, oh my gosh, they think I'm like responsible and good enough to get approved for a credit card.
1: The key word is think. Yeah, <laughs> and they
0: did. And we got quite a good like limit on that thing. And we, we went on a kind of like a two year later honeymoon after we had actually gotten married. Because, you know, military life, you don't really actually get a wedding and a honeymoon. That's crazy. So we accrued some credit on that. Um and then, you know, throughout the time too, we made purchases here and there and it kind of, we maxed out that credit card and um, we were making the minimum payments for years, but it really wasn't bringing anything down. I realized, don't ever do that. It just completely, um, all you're doing is paying the interest off.
1: Yeah. It was a roller coaster ride because every time we paid some off and then it's like, oh, cool. We have enough money to buy something else. And then we max it out, drop it down. It's like, yeah, up and down, up and down, up and down, in fact, with the deck.
0: Yeah, so um, we were, you know, we were making the payments, we had our car payment too, you know, all the little bills that come along. And it was like, maybe, maybe, f- f- like, throughout the years, we kind of got, an, got a little bit smarter, you know, you, you you grow a little older, you get a little wiser, and we were making better decisions. But it was a, like a good seven years, maybe or so later that we were like, you know what, we're, we're too old. for Like, we need to be better than this. Like we can, and we're still, I wasn't working at that time. So we were still basing it off of a single income family, um, but we got ourselves out of, I think it was $15,000 of credit card debt, and we paid off our car in two years. And I know that sounds crazy, and like I told, I'm telling you guys that we had a single income, and it's a military income, so you know that it wasn't like, oh, well, she works too, and so they could do that because they had extra finances. No, we didn't. <laughs> we had nothing, nothing. saved. No we second were source. Work, We were li- living paycheck to paycheck
1: negative to negative
0: (laughs) (laughs) you knew that if you were going to overdraft you were going to make that purchase worth it (laughs) yeah so yeah there's no like fancy story here that like oh we were set up for success and we could get out of it because we were making extra cash there was no extra cash this was solely based off of his one paycheck um, but we were ready to make a change. We were ready to get ourselves out of that debt and start having the freedom to make better decisions on how we wanted our finances to be utilized because really money is a tool. Um, and I've I've personally, my belief system with money is that uh, there's a linear connection between time and money. If you're spending time, you're usually saving money. And if you're Saving time, you're usually spending more money. It's, it's a switch off between the two. But for us, the first step that we had to take, and I highly recommend this for you, is if you want to try to embed your present finances and make a better budget for you and figure out what will work for you and get yourself out of debt or maybe save up for the future, the first step is to assess how money was dealt with in your home when you were growing up.
1: Yeah, it's total communication, lay out all the stuff that you were modeled and then communicate between you and your partner. So at least both of you guys understand and know where the background comes from and where it kind of rooted from. And, and that goes like how it was rooted for me. You know, my mother, she loved spending money. She made money, uh, but she definitely lived off of debt. And my dad, you know, he was smart, extremely smart with money where he would just know how to balance his checks, his accounts. And when he needed to pull some money, he would put it in a sock, hide it away for emergency stash, <laughs> yep. which I used to find. Sorry, Dad. And, uh, <laughs> but they were both ying, uh, ying, ying. But when I say that, is they one showed me the, the right way to do it, which I didn't pay attention until later. And the other, you know, the other uh, parent showed, you know, how debt can actually pile up, pile up, and then hurt down the end.
0: Yeah. And I'm, I'm. My parents are kind of similar in that. And then one is, um, I, I don't know. It's my parents uh, split up when I was really young, so it's hard for me to remember how it was before then. Uh, but I do think that maybe one was a little bit better at trying to scrape for a penny, like just to save money and not to spend everything. And the other was more like, oh, it's okay. You know, ma- next paycheck will make up for that. Um, but I do know that when my parents did divorce, that one of my parents very much so demonized um, credit card companies. Uh, like loans, all of that stuff, basically, because their credit was really ruined um, during the divorce process. And so I grew up in a home with a single parent, and we did not have, you know, the financial stability that other families had, you know, we were, um, I shared a room, honestly, with my mom, uh, till I was 18 and moved out. So I grew up on Um, sack lunches during high school that I prepared for myself. And um, there was never ever any extra cash. So I already knew it wasn't worth asking for. Um, And so I was like, I grew up thrift store shopping, which I still really enjoy today. And I love it. And I don't, you know, I'm totally cool with it, but I I was growing up on that way before it was a cool thing to do, way before it was like vintage shopping and like something fashionable to do. But that was just the lifestyle that I lived. So my mentality or my belief system with money was that when you accrue it, it's something to be kind of treasured and um, to be used wisely. And I believe in saving for a purchase and having it in cash rather than choosing credit And then having to owe more because of interest later.
1: Yeah, totally. So, you know, before we ended up making this list, uh, that's the first step was communication and seeing where all the root was. The next one that we did was analyze all our spending. And I'm extremely grateful for what she did, where she just pretty much printed out all our damn, you know, transactions and then started seeing a common trend, you know, where this payment was going where this spending was going. And that helped us make the list uh, in order for us to kind of see where everything needs to be shifted and where we can take the extra funds and throw it into debt to reduce the amount that we have to owe back to the bank or to the credit companies.
0: Yeah, so we have uh, 10 ways to save money. And for number one, which ironically is something you really are already doing because unless you have an essential job, you are not going anywhere. So the number one thing was gas. Um, For me, that personally meant if I had a bunch of errands to run, stores to go to, the post office, whatever, um, I will – and still to this day, I still do this – I will wait until I have a good chunk of time to go out and um, complete all of those tasks and go out to all the places I need to get to in one trip, basically, and make it a very, like, navigated, like – full round-trip circular type of pattern of driving because I don't want to go back and forth, back and forth and um, waste gas that way. Other ways that that can be done is by carpooling with people from work if you have that in your ability or you have someone that's close to you or if you're lucky enough to be close enough to home and work, you could possibly just bike your way. Taylor has done that um, multiple times. We've been blessed on the bases that we've been at that we pretty much live like within a mile of where he works so that's something that we've done we've even like when we uh couldn't afford two car payments we even like dropped down and we kept one car and then he ended up getting a motorcycle because the gas of the motorcycle for him to just get himself to and from work was way cheaper than you know the car payments and the gas payments on a on a full-sized vehicle so there's ways that you can try to um decrease your gas purchases
1: Oh, well, no, for sure. And then uh, the other one that we started listing out was eating out, which comes in number two. And when we were doing all the, you know, analyzing every, you know, transaction, I, we started seeing a common trend of always going out, you know, every weekend or throughout the weekday or in the morning going to Starbucks and getting a coffee, whatnot. Either way, eating out is eating out. And so we started seeing that that was occurring uh, constantly. So we started seeing a lot more money being spent on that, which took away the ability to put that towards debt. So we reduced that amount, not saying eliminate it completely unless that's what you want to do. But it's beneficial if you just reduce the amount of times you go out and splurge once a week or once every pay period. And that'll allow you to have that, you know, one-on-one time and that date. We saw ourselves always going out to eat to chain restaurants. And one thing that we ended up, you know, picking and agreeing on and changing it dramatically was just eating locally at our mom-and-pop shops. One, because we knew that the the food that was getting there was going to help, you know, the local stores and the local farmers and things like that because their produce came from one source. And at the same time, we're helping all the small businesses and not feeding it to the chain. So that reduced the amount, you know, drastically. And it helped us out a
0: lot, uh, definitely. Uh, Number three, we did a lot of cancellations of unnecessary subscriptions. Yes, we did. (laughs) The top one was Cable. Uh, I didn't grow up on cable.
1: I did, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so one of us valued it very highly, and the other was like, "Meh." Uh, but we did. We got rid of cable and we switched over to Netflix. And I cannot tell you how drastically that changes your bills.
1: Oh yeah, think about it: 150 bucks a month, or 100 bucks depending on the promo. You take all that out, and then you say you stick to Netflix and Hulu. Let's just say Netflix, and you get what 10.99 a month.
0: Yeah. Well, That's... now it's like 12 or something. Yeah. But. Yeah, and even now, actually, with the phone line that the phone network that we have now, it's free because they're covering it for us. So technically, we're not paying anything for, yeah, for TV. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: But and if you, if you didn't catch a promo like that, look for those. But. Definitely, you can you can save it right there. One hundred and twenty bucks, ten bucks for Netflix, or do a combo.
0: Yeah, and if you really add it up too, it's like it's it's a hundred bucks a month. But then, at you know, multiply that by twelve, and you're like, holy crap, that's like a thousand dollars every year that we could be putting back into something else. Yeah. So it really does add up. Uh, the other ways would be a gym membership. I haven't had a gym membership. I I did recently just join, ironically, a week before they closed because of. Um, the quarantine. But um, before that, the last time I've had a gym membership that I was paying for was when Carmela was a baby. And that's just because I needed the daycare so that I could work out while Taylor was um, deployed or training or just gone in general. Um, But if you can make your own little gym in the garage or learn a lot of uh, online resources, there's so many right now that are giving away free workouts because of the quarantine. Um, But you might just fall in love with it and then maybe purchase that. That's a one-time purchase or just keep doing free online workouts um, and learn your own regimen. I feel like once you get down what works for you, you can just kind of play with it, make a little gym in your uh, garage and Keep that going. Other ways that we were able to downsize our um, monthly subscrip- subscriptions was like music apps and sports apps. Like, they're not really necessary. There's a lot of free resources out there. It's not the same. I get it. You won't have the same variety and choices and um, no ads. <laughs> yeah, no ads. Like, you, you're probably going to have some ads if you choose Pandora that's free rather than like Apple Music. I get it. However, if you really are just, if your goal is more getting out of debt or saving money, then. You know, it works and sports apps, you know, all the ESPN, NFL, UFC, all that stuff. It's like it's great, but again, it adds up. And so, if you don't want to have that and you're trying to get yourself out of debt, it's an easy way to do. And then the phone network. Um, I recommend periodically calling your phone network, especially if you're military or first responder, and just asking if they have any new promotions that can be applied to your monthly bill. Because they are most companies want to accommodate you and keep you as a customer. And if it doesn't work for you, if you're finding out that you're paying more than you want to or that another network has a better deal for you, then maybe just switching networks over um, would be a better option.
1: Yeah, definitely. And don't forget... Uh cable subscription. Uh, They also offer, you know, whether it's Cox or Time Warner, I don't know, the the location you're, you know, currently at. But call them up, say, hey, what kind of promos you got? I would like to see so I can reduce the amount. Um, Also do it like a... Yeah, for internet. Do a data analysis and figure out how much, you know, internet do you really use and, you know, what's getting connected to what. And at that point, you can figure out if you need to reduce the speed because realistically, if you're not like doing all those gaming and constant streaming or, you know, all that stuff that, you know, requires Internet, just, hey, drop down the, uh, the download speed, save a couple of bucks here and there. Boom. You got money to shift over to start reducing debt. And then goes right into uh, number four, purchasing second uh, hand items, uh, shopping at Goodwill, shopping at, you know, DAVs and other little, you know, boutiques. Which, you know, helps out a lot. Uh, we, you know, having a daughter, uh, she's so young, we started realizing, hey, we're spending a lot of money on our kid and buying all this stuff that she was growing out of. And then we finally, you know, made the right decision and started realizing you can still go shop at secondhand store and pick them up, you know, a bag worth of one-year-old clothes for, what, five bucks, ten <laughs> yeah. bucks.
0: We, we've gotten really blessed um, with baby clothes. I mean, if you've had kids or if you're about to have a kid, let me tell you, you do not need to buy brand new baby clothes because they will only last a month or two. They grow so quickly. And as long as you know that it's in good condition, if you're buying secondhand and that you can clean it and it's, you know, it's good, it will save you so much money and headache. <laughs> yeah.
1: And don't, you don't need to buy name brand stuff until they ask for it. And that's the, that's one of my recommendations and yeah. suggestions. Just wait till they actually grow up and like, Hey. I want Levi's or guests or, you know, crazy stuff that you're still going to say no anyways. <laughs> um, but then also the kids' activities, and you, you don't have to go ahead. When they start getting into sports, you can buy sport equipments there. Uh, same thing we were talking about earlier. If you want to get into your own gym regime uh, with inside your garage, you can buy, you know, weights and things like that from a secondhand store. And it'll help you out a lot. Furniture also helps out to buy secondhand hand. Uh, because you can either refurbish it, you know, sand it down, put a new layer on there, make it nice and pretty, and make it your style. And guess what? You just saved a hundred bucks because you could have went to the furniture store and paid three hundred bucks for this table, but you made one at your own.
0: Yeah, it's super fun. The only exception I think to second hand is uh, purchasing electronics, simply because you don't know what the status of of that electronic. The, you know, the software updates and if there's a virus on it or how they really took care of it. So uh, electronics is something that we try to avoid purchasing secondhand, but everything else, I mean, it's game, you know, as long as it's in good condition and we can trust where it came from that you know, sometimes you, I mean, I wouldn't buy a mattress secondhand unless I knew the person <laughs> personally yeah. or, yeah, to buy you know, a couches a can be on a there. little sketchy. Yeah. Like you don't know if they have a dog. Our dog is, or our, our dog, our son is allergic to dogs. So like little things like that, you got to be a little more aware of, but for the most part, we're, we're totally okay. And we have no shame in purchasing from our neighbor or a garage sale or the thrift store down the street. So, um, number five is reduce, reuse, recycle. Uh, the easiest way that we do this in our home is by reusing food containers. I don't know about you guys, but I have a grandma who I would go into her fridge and like see, oh, a container of yogurt. Ooh, that sounds good. It's vanilla, let me get it. And then open it. And it's really like old soup that she made and it's leftovers. And I'm like, oh, okay.
1: Oh, a butter container? You're like, oh, I gotta get some butter. In yeah. It. What? There's rice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Surprise yeah
0: i don't know i'm sure a lot of your grandparents or parents maybe even did it but um we we don't go that i guess far into it like we have reused some things especially like to-go boxes like um certain plastic to-go boxes that you get from restaurants we'll reuse that um or the lunch meat containers yeah those also little- oh yeah yeah because those are good they're like ziploc almost yeah. The The quality is pretty good. Um, So we'll reuse certain plastic ware that we get that we purchase just through food normally. Um, But like the peanut butter jars that I purchase and the honey jars that I purchase are glass And I kind of do that on purpose. I I like the quality of the, you know, the food in general that's in the glass. But also I have no shame in cleaning it, getting scrubbing off the label and then relabeling it. And then we use it for something different. Um, And it works, you know. So that's an easy way to reduce, reuse, recycle.
1: One one to add is uh, mason jars because you can go to your local stores where, where they sell like, you know, the dry beans, all those produce is there. And you can weigh those prior and boom, Oh yeah, yeah. you can get to the dispenser and then drop it in there and you don't have to worry about, you know, wasting a bag and things like that. And you can constantly reuse mason jars for anything.
0: I'm really impressed that you just said that. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've taught him well, guys, like look at how good he is. So yeah, we have a, a local market here that um, they have a bulk section. And so I will take in my mason jars that already have like the weight of the jar on the bottom of it. And then I actually have a label. So, like, I go in for, for like, the same products pretty much. So it will already be labeled with, like, the code number, you know, on it. And I'll fill it up so that way they know to weigh the mason jar with the product in it and then deduct the weight of the jar by itself. So I'm paying just for the product and not for the weight of the jar on top of it. Um, But I'm not using the plastic baggies. I'm not using little twist ties or, you know, um, and it's ready to go. I just throw it in my pantry and it's done. So...
1: Yeah, easy storage. Yeah. Uh, which then goes into number six. And this is where we end up analyzing all our stuff again when we started purchasing things uh, and grocery shopping. And when we not talk about grocery shopping is making a list prior to actually going there because you kind of have to balance the needs and wants. And when I say the needs, it's what nutritional value you're going to need and resource and source of food to feed the family, to make the recipes, and to make dinner Lunch, breakfast, and I went backwards. Sorry. Um, And that will allow you to kind of reduce the amount of things that you don't need to buy. And then the wants are like the candy, the junk food, you know, quick, quick frozen foods and, you know, all those small things that you don't have to buy. So if you make your little list, don't go shopping hungry. Make sure you stick to it because before you take off to the store, look at your pantry, look at your refrigerator, See what you really need and prioritize that. And that's definitely going to reduce the amount of money you're going to be spending when it comes to going to the grocery store. And if you don't need those frozen food, don't buy it, make it. Um, and that's going to help you out a lot because we started seeing, especially when we were first married, buying bulks and bulks. I mean, the cart was just full of stuff. And now it's like, okay, today is Sunday. Let's go to the store, make a list. And all of a sudden, you're spending forty bucks. We used to spend two hundred dollars, yeah. two hundred bucks
0: yeah. on things for our, no reason. Our weekly like food budget is compared. I mean, if we told you guys, you'd probably be in shock. But I'm telling you, it's simply because we've really drastically changed the way we eat, you know, the healthy side of how we eat, but also like all the extra things that you really don't need. I think I think we've all heard of it like when you shop in a grocery store, shop on the perimeter of the store because that's really the fresh produce that you sincerely need. Everything else in the middle is processed junk basically <laughs> for the most part. And we've really applied that to our our shopping reg- regime.
1: Yeah, cuz yeah, trust me, we did apply it because quick story, not to take too much time, but the kids, you know, they like, oh, I don't have candy or chocolate or chips and this, this, and that. So when we go visit our friends, they love going into their kitchen. (laughs) They scavenger hunt and start eating, you know, uh, whether it's chocolate or candy and things like that because we try to reduce the amount that we have in our house so they can concentrate on eating what needs to get consumed. And at the same time, not, you know, indulging in all the things that they don't need to get, which is to us you know, not a needed item in the house, but it's just a want. And and we kind of like throw it in there once in a while, you know, once or twice a month.
0: Yeah, so last episode I shared, um, I totally coped with stress by escaping into a pint of ice cream and I finished it in one sitting and never have I ever. And hopefully that I won't ever do that again. But when we were in this mode in these two years of getting out of debt, I would buy the same pint of ice cream And it would last us weeks to maybe even a month. And that was simply because I knew this is not a necessity. This is like a privilege. You know, we're so lucky that we can get this. And like I would just literally, you know, when I get that sweet tooth, have a scoop and walk away. And so it was just being mindful of like – one, how much we're consuming in general. You know, we're so we're so just like shoved products in America and um, overindulging and supersizing and all that stuff. We don't really need it. So it was just a lot of um, being conscientious of what we really truly what our bodies really need and what they don't. So number seven, the rest of this is all going to have to do with food because you usually most of your money, is going towards your food. Uh, You definitely, you need to eat more than your car needs to eat. You need to eat more than you need to watch TV or listen to music. Uh, You eat more often than you go to the gym or work out for most of us. So um, food is a huge your kitchen, basically. How you manage your kitchen has a lot to do with how you're going to be able to manage your budget and your finances. Um, So number seven is trading in packaged foods for ingredients, which just means instead of like buying the stuff that's already ready to go, like the little bento boxes of snacks or Lunchables or that kind of stuff, if you just buy the the products yourself and make it yourself. You save so much money. just have the right containers, you know, set yourself up for success. Uh, For us, our pantry has these staples in it at all times because whenever we're ready to make something, that's what we need. So for us, it's flour, sugar, oils, butter, yeast, baking soda, baking powder, uh, all the seasonings we, we need, uh, we cook all sorts of different cuisines, Italian, Spanish, Mexican, um, Indian. I love curry, Thai food. I love Thai curry too. So um, all those seasonings that you need for that. Uh, quick oats, peanut butter, rice, vanilla, and fresh produce instead of like the bagged or like pre-cut, pre-prepped food produce. I know it's more convenient because if you buy it pre-cut or it's already in a bag, it's washed for you and all that stuff, it's great. Um, But you are spending a lot more for that prepped produce basically than if you just buy it raw the way that it was grown and then just prep it yourself.
1: 100% accurate on that one. And the other one, if you remember us talking about eating out in order for us to reduce the amount that we're spending, we ended up, you know, narrowing it down and saying, okay, what are the top things that we usually go to eat And we're like, okay, Italian food, pizza, or, you know, Chinese restaurant for fried rice and things like that. So we ended up putting those staples into the ingredients that we need to have in the house. And we ended up going into number eight and we said, you know, do it yourself recipes. So if we love to eat Italian food, we learn how to make pizza dough and pizza sauce. And it's cheaper, 20 bucks for a pie of pizza nowadays, or back in the days when I was growing up, eight bucks. But now buy the ingredients in bulk and if you do the cost it's about like uh you know two bucks to make the dough and 50 cents to do all this you know the sauces and things like that you just shifted the amount of money right back into saving and not spending so much and you can make way gooder recipes uh than some of the restaurants but we started doing the you know tortillas and no-bake cookies Popcorn at the house instead of buying prepackaged popcorn, uh, salsas and guacs. And, you know, you do an amazing job always baking in the uh, kitchen.
0: I love to bake.
1: (laughs) Ooh, and you make a mean banana bread, I must say.
0: Banana bread's easy. It's just like you you just buy extra bananas and let them go bad on purpose. Let them get all nice and gooey and brown.
1: (laughs) It may look gross on the outside.
0: But it's delicious when you bake it, so... Yeah. And I always add chocolate chips. I didn't put that in my staple, but that actually is always in our pantry too, because everything's better with chocolate. So like pancakes, if I make pancakes from scratch, I love to throw in, you know, some chocolate chips for the kids. They'll love it.
1: Or chocolate chips in the popcorn.
0: Okay. So the whole popcorn thing, like if you buy even the microwavable popcorn, you are spending more money than if you just bought the kernels from the dry goods section, like at a bulk section. And then we, um, we make it with coconut oil, just Heat up the oil, throw in the kernels, let them pop, and then afterwards throw a little extra oil on top, drizzle that, and then whatever seasoning you want. I have like my own concoction that I make of seasonings, and then I throw in some chocolate chips, and I literally – it lasts like two minutes in this house. So the kids love it. We love it. And it's cheap. And it's it's like 25 cents maybe uh, for every bowl that we create. Uh, number nine is making – extra of whatever food that you're making and then freezing it for later. Um, if you have glass casserole dishes or glass Mason jars or anything that just glass, um, what is it like the Pyrex and anchor like brand of, uh, containers basically they're all freezable. And I, (laughs) I'm sure that our parents knew this and I'm sure that my great, my great grandma knew this too, but like, I didn't – I don't know about you guys, but home ec was not something that I took growing up, and I did not get taught by my parents on how to cook or do anything. So, like, I 100% was self-taught thanks to Pinterest and Google, and I had no idea that you could just take a casserole dish, like a, you know, glass casserole dish directly out of the freezer and put it right into the oven and bake your food that you already prepped and made earlier, but now you just need to warm it back up. Like – that blew my mind like what it's not gonna explode like (laughs) i'm not gonna create a fire no that's exactly what it was that's the purpose of it what it was designed for it's tempered glass it will withhold all these extreme temperatures don't do the opposite though it will burst on you do not go from hot into the freezer let it cool down first (laughs) you don't want to do that um but yeah, so just make extra and then freeze it for later. So when you do have you know those busy days where you don't have the time to make a mess and cook in the oven, you just got something you've already prepared and throw it in, warm it up, and there you go.
1: Yeah, and then uh, the final one that we have in our list, which I am guilty of because you know easy, quick, uh, is always buying canned foods. Uh, one thing that I do buy canned food for is when I go to the field just so I can have extra you know meals out there. But for the household. I was notorious of always buying all Goya products. Uh red beans, black beans, Goya, you know, whatever it is, Goya brand, hit it, grab it, take it, make it at the house.
0: But but why did why was that?
1: Because it was easy.
0: Well, yeah. But also cuz you grew up in a house that had
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so a lot of it stems from like this is just what you're used to.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's what it was in the house. And you know it, because our parents were always working. Well, my parents were always working. And that's what I've seen them have, easy, accessible canned items. And, you know, open a can, pour it out, pour it in the pot, mix all your herbs, you get it over and done with, and now you got frijoles. And that's what was easy. Yeah, but then, then here comes you, uh, DIY products or <laughs> DIY recipes, and you're like, why are you buying that? If you can just buy a bag of beans, it's A dollar and change for that small can. It's 98 cents and I can make seven of those cans. I'm like, uh, okay. So then we narrowed it down. We're like, you know what? Buy dry goods instead of canned. And it ended up working a lot better because we have so much more on the dry side where we can continue making more food and not have to worry about buying so many cans.
0: Yeah. It, and There's nothing wrong if you buy canned goods um, because it, it's convenient for you and it works, and that's great. And there's nothing wrong that, you know, you grew up having canned Goya products and all that stuff, um, but it was just realizing, again, that our money could go a lot further if we bought, dry goods instead. So beans and rice were the easiest way. And like I said, all the other things that are in our pantry, if, you know, instead of getting the pancake mix that's already made and you just add water, if you just make your own pancake mix, you know, from dry goods, then you're saving so much money. And if you just make the beans, um, my little bean story. So for years I've been cooking beans in the crock pot because it's just simple and easy. You know, you throw it in there, walk away, and it's, you know, done hours later. But I was skipping the whole soaking of the bean because I thought, oh, it's fine. It's just it's directly in the crock pot. You don't need to do that because I thought soaking of the bean basically was just like helping you cook the bean quicker when you do stovetop cooking. Because let's be honest, you need a whole bunch of water to do that and it takes a really long time. Um I didn't learn until maybe a year ago that um not, or let me let me put it this way, you have to soak the beans in water for eight hours prior to cooking them because if you don't, there is an enzyme, I believe it is, on the outside of the bean that prevents your body from absorbing the calcium in the bean. And I had no idea. And I'm I'm my diet is pretty much plant based. So when I eat beans, I'm getting I'm trying to get the most nutrients that I can, the protein, the carbohydrates, the calcium, all that stuff from the bean. But I was totally sabotaging myself for years because I wasn't soaking it thinking, oh, it's good. It's in the crock pot. It's fine. Um, so you got Soak your beans like (laughs) there's no way around it now I do it I will soak my beans overnight and then throw it in the crock pot while we're at work or something and then come back and start to make dinner with whatever like if I'm making a chili or a soup or free fried beans whatever it is but yeah you learn you live you learn
1: (laughs) yeah and this is our you know 10 you know items that we put out there there's gonna be multiple different things but the whole key thing um, is communication between you and your partner, and take your time, be patient. It's gonna hurt a little bit uh, because it did for us, or so it did for me, because I didn't know that we were spending so much money on all these items. So, and this ended up allowing us to row or write down this map of how to save money and where we can go ahead and take what we can save and reduce the amount of debt that we were having and occurring throughout our our life.
0: Yeah, so we did these 10 things were our top um ways that we practiced financial discipline and
1: she practiced financial discipline. <laughs>
0: I okay so <laughs> I <laughs> I'll learned be, on the way. <laughs> I'll be totally transparent, and you guys can like you guys can email me or you can hit me up on social and be like, "Holy crap, you're crazy." That's okay. It's fine. I don't I don't mind. But um, during this time, we each had our own personal budgets. That was actually something else that we didn't include on this list. But we split up our finances in the way of like there were like tree branches. So here's the main main um, income that we're getting from his paycheck, and then we put you know a different account for all the bills and a different account for my allowance basically and a different account for his allowance and because most of the time we weren't together he was out training or he was deployed or whatever so we were having to do everything separately so we kept our and we still do like keep our finances separately and it's kind of like our own personal allowance so during this time when we were doing all of this and practicing this and it was like new and we were trying to get out of that debt in those two years my personal like um, Month or not monthly excuse me my pay period so every two weeks my budget was $250 and that covered me and the kids for gas and food basically and if I had anything left over we would go get pizza or we would do something but for the most part that was it and it was a sacrifice and the kids would like whine every now and again like oh I want to go out I want to go eat or whatever but it it worked we we literally in two years paid off Fifteen thousand dollars of credit card debt and the rest of our car, which I can't remember how much it was, but we still had a good amount on there.
1: Okay, we we started at uh, twelve, I think. No, ten. We had like 10, ten remaining.
0: Okay, so you guys, that's crazy, and it it, but it it worked. It happened. We did it, and it was through this, through these steps. That's what kept us um, towards our goal, and we were able to accomplish it successfully. Uh, we we learned definitely if you are making payments, don't make the minimum payment. It's the worst. You are paying so much into the interest. You're not even touching your principal. Um, so we made like, I want to say that whatever our credit card payment was, we would put on an additional $100 or something. And then we started to match that and do it twice a month instead of once a month. And the same thing with our car payment. It was like, okay, let's make that. But then on the next paycheck, let's do it again. So for every month we were making two payments on each thing. And that's what really just like, we started seeing the numbers come down and we're like, Oh my gosh, like, Holy crap, this is working. So it's totally doable. And, um, I, I'm very grateful that we worked together and we were able to do it. I know that finances are such a sensitive subject and they can bring you know arguments and fights to arise. and let's be honest, like many a relationship have ended simply because of finances. Don't let that come between you and your spouse. Um, this is something that you can work on together. And when you guys do, it's something to be proud of. Be proud of yourselves and what you guys were able to accomplish and that you're pursuing your personal goals for your family, for your marriage and everything. Um, But it was such it's such a piece of freedom to know that now all the income that we have is not it's ours. It's not um, something that we have to give back to someone else because we already spent it. It's the freedom of we can get to choose whatever we want to do with this and whatever creative thing we can think of to put this towards um, it's ours to do. So that is really the beauty of the whole thing. And like I said, there's no better time, I think, than right now when we're in such an economic standstill. We don't know what the future holds. And, you know, luckily with military and first responders, you probably are still working, which is amazing. I am super grateful that we both still have jobs to go to right now. Um, But you never know. It's always better to be wise and to set yourself up for success for whatever the future holds. So If this is something that um, you can apply, I hope that it really does bless you. And I hope that it works. And if it does, let us know. Hit us up. Um, You guys know how to find me on social media. Um, You can email me too. I'm on uh, Facebook and Instagram at Carice.Nolani. It's C-A-R-E-S-S-E dot N-O-E-L-A-N-I. And until next time, guys, let's rock this volatile life.